0: Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode seven of the Crushing Reboot. This is DJ Dish Bitch. I am so excited about what's gone on this season. This is the last episode of the winter before we take a, t- a couple weeks off and um, kick, kick things off in the spring. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Uh, I'm also pretty sleepy because I'm coming up on finals. So, please excuse that. But um, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. So I usually start off with some life updates. So let's do that. So oh my goodness, so much has happened um, since I last did a solo episode. Um, Well, first of all, I've had a couple of hinge, hinge dating app boy messes. The first of which is that I went on a date with this guy who like basically it was like my dream man, like picked me up in his car. We had this great little taco dinner, like totally fabulous. And then, you know, we're eating and, you know, he's telling me that like he just broke up with his girlfriend and he's like flying back to like go pick up his stuff from her place. And I'm like, oh God, like you're still in love with her. And he's like shedding a tear. And then I'm consoling him and he thanks me for my words of advice and, you know, he's bringing me home. And I'm like, OK, you know what? Like this was a fat bummer, like total waste of my time. But like nice dude, you know, like I feel for him. And then he goes, oh, like we can still make out if you want. And I'm like, I don't want to make out with you. And like, even if I did, mm-hmm. you just brought it up so now it's so weird. So that was hinge mask number one. And then hinge mass number 2 was just like a classic maya hinge mass in which I got myself involved with somebody who wants nothing to do with me. Um but I guess this time instead of like trying to continue to pursue them, I just like I'm letting it simmer. I'm letting it sit. No must no fuss. It's cool. Like we're moving on. So that's the hinge side of things, but just like life's lifey stuff um my dad came to visit me in LA this weekend it was really fun and we got breakfast together and that was nice and oh yeah then so I like barely got any sleep that night and I was like texting my dad like can you come later can you come later because on Saturday night I went dancing and like went bar hopping with my friends and it was like literally such a good time like uh definitely one of my best nights out in college like I just like had a blast like having fun with my friends and like you know when I go out it can be really hard for me to like even just like not be in my head almost but like this was definitely one of those nights where I wasn't in my head because I was like not putting pressure on myself to do anything like not putting pressure on myself to go home with someone not putting pressure on myself to have like the best time ever and then I actually, like, did have the best time ever, Um, so it was so much fun, so that was really good. And then, oh, my God, yeah, this was, like, so, like, the past, like, month or so was, like, super weird for me because my body was, like, feeling, like, I was just, like, really tired and really emotional. Like, I'm a mood-swingy person, but my mood was, like, definitely way more swingy than usual. And I'm, like, okay, what could go wrong? Like, what's wrong? Like, I was, like, having really bad cramps. And then I realized that like my IUD dislodged and like it was, and then I had to like get it removed and it was like this whole thing. And what this whole situation made me realize is like, okay, so like I had the copper IUD and, and the gynecologist tells you that like, you know, this thing's going to last you 10 years, but it's like, how are they saying, you know, that like, only you know, oh, like something only goes wrong with like one in 5,000 women if I have heard so much anecdotal evidence from so many different people about how their IUDs like just like are dysfunctional and don't fit in their uterus properly. So like that doesn't make any sense to me. It's like we need to have like better research going on in the medical community for sure. But like the entire situation just like also made me realize that I don't know like I need to be more grateful for my body when I am doing well, because my body allows me to do so many things and like realizing how like icky I felt when like things weren't right. Just like, I don't know, like made me have like a lot of gratitude for my body and like how it performs. Like, like I'm like able to like go surfing and like be really athletic and like do all this different stuff. Thanks to my body. But like that situation made it hard to do those things. And I feel like I was like really taking them for granted before. So Like wellness is like a huge thing to be grateful for. So there's that. But it also made me realize that like I put a lot of value in my body and like the whole situation just like made me like really like retain like a ton of water and just like made me feel really fatigued and stuff. And so I don't know. It was like really hard to like have a few weeks where like I wasn't feeling my best and like in my opinion wasn't looking my best because like I don't know, especially recently like. I get like a lot of validation from other people just like telling me that like my body looks good and it's kind of it can be hard to like I don't know separate that from like who I am as a person because like I also put a lot of value in how I look so like there's a fine line between you know like being grateful for my body and like loving my body and like taking care of myself and like whatever like being athletic and like eating foods that, like, make me feel good, but then also just, like, valuing my body too much and, like, not valuing myself as a person. So, like, there was just, like, a lot to unpack there. Like, huge, huge event that happened, but, like, we're okay now. We're good. Um, And then, I guess, yeah, just, like, in terms of the show, you know, we've had a couple of huge guests on in the past few weeks. Um, We had singer-songwriter Taylor Noel on, and we had, like, a great conversation about, you know, being creative and, like, putting like, you know, unrequited, like unrequited love and like all your different feelings into your artwork, um, which I thought was really beautiful. And then I also had TikToker Eli Rollo on, and, um, that was a great conversation too. And then I also had a crossover episode with another DJ, um, DJ Mojo Jojo from Canoodling, another UCLA radio show. So please, if you haven't, um, I really encourage you to um, check out those episodes and uh, without further ado I want to take a break and you know kick things off with a song today and then we're gonna get into the content. Um, so this is The Great Defector by BellX1. The Great Defector by Vellix1. So I don't know if other people have this, but this is like a family song for me. So me and my family would always listen to this like when we were going to the beach as a kid and I just have really fond memories associated with it. And since my dad visited me in LA, I thought I would share that one because it definitely reminds me of him a lot. it's it's a good one. It's so fun, and actually, so me and my little me and my little band. I've been playing it, and it's really cute. So, um, that's been really good. But um, yeah, let's uh, get into today, into today's theme. So the theme of today's episode is self love, and this is the theme on the occasion of the article by Shawnee Oregon and Rosalind Gill published on Monday for the Atlantic about um, just, like, the, the societal narrative surrounding, you know, the antidote to unrealistic body standards and this idea that radical self-confidence is the solution to, like, all of the societal pressures put on women to, like, have a perfect body. It's like, no, just be confident. And, you know, the article concludes with the fact that, well, it's it's hard. Like, yeah, like, you know, we should be encouraging people to be confident in their own skin but like you can't like really put that burden on them um and you know you know after reading that article it really got me thinking about like why do we prescribe radical self-love as the antidote to our life's problems it's like oh like you don't have a boyfriend like try radical self-love like you're feeling sad like try radical self-love like be happy like have you journaled recently and it's like this new wave of all this bullshit like in response to like you know like I mean I think it also has a lot to do with COVID too it's like well this like you know this global pandemic happens and it's like what's the solution like inner peace inner love journaling like the universe have has great things in store but it's kind of like on one level, it's, like, kind of bullshit, right? Because, like, the societal narrative of body standards doesn't go away. Like, no matter how much you love yourself. Like, I could feel, like, really confident in my body. But that doesn't mean that, like, I'm not being, like, shown unrealistic images of body standards of, like, different women on my Instagram feed 24-7. Like, that still is there. Like, the expectation is still there. You can't just take it away. And I really think, you know, that article that I read really... um Got me thinking about that. And like I think it also relates to this idea of like what's the solution to loneliness loneliness too. And I talked about this a lot with Eli Rollo in our episode together. But it's kind of like for me it's this idea that like oh well you know I'm doing all the things. Like I'm a person who's been pretty profusely independent and like pretty confident since I was a child. And yet I'm still lonely. And it's like okay like I'm doing the things. I'm independent. And, like, that's okay. Like, it's I I feel like the, you know, this conversation is not really, like, about self-love and, like, being independent and, like, doing your own thing, quote-unquote. Like, I think that we need to frame it differently. I think that it really should be about self-respect. Like, oh, like you know, like what's the most self-respecting choice that I can make in this situation? Like what a self-respecting person do XYZ? And like, I don't know, like first sometimes like it can be hard to discern like what self-respect looks like in a certain situation. Like, and I think that it's really interesting because well, like in a self-love narrative, right? Like you know, being go, go, go. And like doing all the things is like, quote unquote, self-love. It's like, I'm journaling, like I'm drinking green juice. Like I'm going on my hot girl walk, whatever. But like, while that fits into the self-love framework, I would argue that it doesn't actually fit into the self-respect framework, right? Like if I, if I'm tired, if I'm literally so tired, like I can't work out and I can't journal and I can't do all of those things. Is it really the most self-respecting thing to do to then force myself to do those things? Or is it the most self-respecting thing to do to like actually let myself rest? And like as somebody who like w- likes to control things and like is a very type A personality, like this has been something that's been very hard to navigate for me. And I think like one useful frame of reference that like I put into place is like, okay, what would somebody who I know loves me want for me right now? Like, what would my mother want for me right now? What would my little brother want for me right now? And that kind of helps me understand like, what you know, what the framework is that I should be evaluating my decision in. So it's like, okay, like, if I if I was like, eight right now, and I went to my mom, like, I'm like, really tired, she would be like, okay, like take a nap. And so why does that change when I'm 20 years old? Like, It's not like, oh, I'm really tired, like why? Then it's like, oh, go apply to XYZ internship, go do this, go do this. No, like this motion of self-respect, right? As opposed to like this false idea of like self-love and like romanticizing your life. Like instead, like let's honor our feelings in the moment and let's respect our lives. Um, So that's just some food for thought. And uh, that whole article, you know, really got me like on that thought train, Um, but don't forget about this idea of self-respect. Um, we're going to take a break and listen to some music in the meantime. Let's see. Let's see what we got in store. Oh, you know what? I want to actually play this song from the Euphoria soundtrack, which is so good, by the way. Um, this is I Was Dancing in the Lesbian Bar by Jonathan Richman. Here we go.
1: Well I was dancing at a nightclub one Friday night And that nightclub bar was a little uptight Yeah I was dancing all alone a little self-conscious When some kids came up and said for dancing come with us And soon I was dancing in the lesbian bar Oh Oh I was dancing in the lesbian bar Ooh oh The lesbian bar in the industrial zone i was dancing with my friends and dancing alone While well, the first bar things were all right but in this bar things were friday night in the first bar things were just all right this bar things were friday night and i was dancing in the lesbian bar oh oh i was dancing in the lesbian bar Ooh. In the lesbian bar, way downtown. I was there to check the scene and hang around. Well, the first bar, things were stop and stare. But in this bar, things were laissez faire. In the first bar, things were stop and stare. In this bar, things were laissez faire. And I was answered in the lesbian bar. Oh, oh, I was answered in the lesbian bar. In the first bar, folks were drinking sips But in this bar, they could shake their hips In the first bar, they were drinking sips In this bar, they could shake their hips And I was dancing in a lesbian bar Oh, oh, I was dancing in a lesbian bar Ooh
0: Heard, I was dancing in the lesbian bar by Jonathan Richmond. Um, I want to get back into the content, so let's return to this idea of self respect, right? So, I think like the reason why I'm saying that self respect is like a better way of framing this idea of taking your care of yourself than self love is because self-love kind of perpetuates the false idea that like you're gonna love yourself all the time. And I think like that's kind of out of touch with with reality because like we live in a world where like it's really hard to love yourself all the time because of all the standards that society puts on the, us, right? So like one example of this is like through beauty standards. Like, okay, like obviously if I look in the mirror every single day, like I'm not gonna be completely content with myself. Like I'm not going to love myself completely, right? But I can actually like, instead i can just respect myself i can accept myself i can be like okay like i have this nasty ass pimple on my face and i'm like super bloated from this whole iud situation and like that's okay like i might not love these things i'm i don't love these things but it's okay and like i can continue to like take care of myself and respect myself through that and i think you know that really relates to this idea of like radical self-confidence that that article was pushing back against um because you know the this idea of like being being happy and doing things all the time is just like not realistic in real life because it's hard not to be upset like we're human beings obviously we're gonna be upset sometimes um so that's why I really like this concept um and I also want to tie this into dating too so I think, you know, I I was under the impression that like using dating apps was a way for me to love myself because I was, you know, making myself feel happy. Um I, I, but the way I was making myself feel happy is was through this like band-aid solution. It's like, okay, like I'm lonely, like I want attention. I'm gonna go on a dating app and talk to like 20 different guys who are gonna give me that attention, and I'm gonna meet up with one of them at the end of the week, right? But the issue is that like hanging out with these people who are just like, you know, a random fleeting cast of characters in my life was actually like not a long term solution to my loneliness. And so while it may have felt like, oh, like this is like self love in the moment, like I love myself, like, I'm going to like, you know, because I love myself, like I can see whoever I want, like I'm confident, like I can like do whatever I want, you know, but it's not it's not actually like that because the long the long term like reality of this situation is that, you know, seeing somebody who doesn't really care about me quickly turns into something draining and it's something that I cannot continue to do. So like while being lonely is scary and sad and uncomfortable and doesn't feel necessarily like self-love perhaps, it's more self-respecting than the alternative because it's more viable in the long term. And so I think that that's really interesting. And then um the last thing that I want to talk about, you know, on that theme is this idea of like I don't know. I see this on TikTok a lot and like it's it's really prevalent in influencer culture and like maybe even in like California lifestyle culture because of like this outdoor kind of beauty-centric narrative that I think that is really prominent here um especially in LA based on my observations. But it's this idea of like trusting the the universe and letting life happen to you and if you're doing those things, right? We need to normalize like being mad and like the present state being uncomfortable. Like I can like have like a general idea that like I don't know, like I can feel like hopeful about the future but I can also be mad and annoyed and like fucking just like done with dating in in the the ter- in the now, right? Like I think we it's more instead of maybe like trusting the universe is like a bad framework for it. Like maybe it's instead Oh, we like need to make peace with things being unresolved in the present. Like it's okay to be lonely. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be tired. That doesn't mean that I'm failing at life. And I think like, you know, actually in a profound way, it means that I'm experiencing the world akin to nearly every other human being out there. Like it's fucked up to think that, you know, everyone else is like completely content with like their present state. Like I think, part of the human condition is just like longing and loneliness and desire and like yearning for a future um and I think that you know we should just normalize like being unhappy with the present state and like maybe we're looking forward to better times but like that doesn't mean the present state has to be good and I think that also like social media really can plays into that too because it's like You, you know, people say this a lot, but it's like when you see somebody's Instagram posts, like you're seeing their highlight reel. And that's not like a reflection of what it's actually like to be a human being, like living in their body. So, um, that's my, that's my last hot take on that. You know what? I will say too, that it's interesting to think about this through the lens of modern feminism, right? So like modern feminism is like choosing to want a dependent relationship if that's what you want. Even though it's not this like working woman, millennial feminist idea that I feel like was fed to a lot of people growing up in the 2000s uh, like me. Um, But, like, that doesn't make you any less of a feminist, right? So I think the reason why this ties into that idea of, like, self-respect is, like, I think, like, the false millennial idea of self-love is that you have to be profusely independent all the time and do everything by yourself and, like, reject dependency. But I think that that's actually not in touch with the human condition and it's not it's great for a lot of people. But I I know I've like learned a lot about myself recently. And I kind of feel like in my journey of self awareness, I've had to unlearn the idea that like I am any less of a smart, independent individual just because I seek dependency. And like, you know, my mother is like profusely independent and like this great working woman. And like, I admire that so much about her. But I also know that for me, like, I want a dependent relationship, like I want to be taken care of. And maybe that's because I'm rejecting what I grew up with. But that doesn't make me any less smart, or valuable, or like, inherently, like, I don't know, like viable as a human being on my own. It just means that like, I want dependency, because that's, some that's just something that I want. It's just what i know that i want um and so i think that's something that's been like really challenging for me to reconcile and unlearn but i think it's something that we should definitely be talking about more just like as a society um okay so that was that was a great little great little discussion we just had um let's cool off for a sec and hop into some music you know what what do i want to fucking listen to Um, let's do. Oh, duh. Okay. Let's do an Olivia Rodrigo song. This is Jealousy Jealousy.
2: From my phone across the room Cause all I see a girl's too good to be true With paper white teeth and perfect bodies Wish I didn't care I know that beauty's not my lack But it feels like that weight is on my back And I can't let it go Come, come Come, comparison All the things I want I'm happy for them But then again, I'm not Just cool vintage clothes And vacation photos I can't stand it Oh God, I sound crazy That win is not my loss I know it's true But I can't help get
0: You just heard Jealousy, Jealousy by Miss Olivia Rodrigo. I mean, like, what a song. Like, we can be jealous. We can be jealous. That's okay. We don't have to be happy all the time. It's so good. Um. So I normally do, like, a little pop culture segment or a content creator shout-out. But instead, I just, like, want to talk a little bit about what's happening in Ukraine. So as you guys know, um, there's, like, war in Europe. Uh, but... I think I I saw this tweet that I thought was really interesting and actually pretty applicable to today's show theme in general. But somebody was like, oh, it feels really stupid to wash my face right now because there's a war in Europe and it also feels dumb not to. And it's like, yeah, you know, talking about love might feel silly in the context of war, but it's also dumb not to take care of yourself because self-care is community care. Like that's the dumbest cliche bullshit ever, but it's really true because it's like, if you don't show up for yourself and like do and like literally like respect yourself and then you are not being like the best version of yourself that you can be and when you're the best version of yourself that you can be like you're setting yourself up to be like the greatest sympathizer and empathizer and just like collaborator in a society like showing up for other people means that you also have to show up for yourself first. So I think that that's really interesting. And also on that note, it really reminded me of this essay that I read by Eula bliss called the pain scale. And in this essay, the author basically describes how it's really hard to measure human pain. Like it's hard to conceptualize how one kind of suffering compares to a different kind of suffering, but because we can all understand, understand pain as human beings, because it's a human condition to whatever degree, you know, this pain is happening at, um, it allows us to empathize with one another. And like, that's really beautiful to me, right? Like I could be this like wealthy, white, straight, like privileged as white girl, but I can also like conceptualize that, you know, like war is a bad thing. And like, that's like probably a pretty dumb example, but I think, I think it's just like really interesting to think about, like how like how do you measure pain how like people talk about how you know you really shouldn't be comparison comparing genocide to genocide and it's like yeah that's true it's kind of like it's it's really challenging to quantify how shitty a situation is um so i think like we should keep that in mind like when we're interacting with people because you really don't know what somebody's going through and people can be in like all kinds of pain and like we just like don't really know it and this essay really gets into that and I think it's a really interesting concept um but I guess like another thing that Eula Bliss brings up in the essay is that this sounds really bleak and granted it is but it's like the one way of measuring suffering is by how long it lasts like if you could tell someone their pain was finite, then they would be able to make it through a day because they know that at some point their pain is like going to be over. But the challenging thing in regard to pain is when it feels infinite. And like, that's kind of essentially what it means to be depressed. Like it's like not being able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so it's like, If your country is in the midst of war, like, it's probably really hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Whereas for me, like, it's like, okay, like, I can feel lonely. But you know, then I still have like, my dinner to look forward to and my run to look forward to. So that's like, another framework in which we can evaluate this in um which I think is just like really interesting to think about like how do you we evaluate pain as a society like pain scales are pretty dumb right but then maybe we can think about like oh maybe how long term the pain is is another way to evaluate it so I just think that that is so 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 interesting and like really really made me think deeply about like how I evaluate the pain that I have and like I mean, like I talked about this a little bit just now, but if we frame this in the context of relationships, then like if I'm lonely now, if I can somehow conceptualize a future in which that is no longer the case, then, you know, I'm optimistic and that's a form of resilience. And like for me, that would be considered a good day as opposed to a day where like there's no doubt in my mind that I'll be alone forever. But obviously, like if your country is entrenched in war, like, you know, it's pretty hard to feel optimistic. Um, so that's what I have to say about pain. Um, let's take another break and listen to a song. Let's see what I have up for you guys. Okay, this one is so fun. It's like a little alt-indie song. This is Bite by Sipper. Let's hear it. heard Bite by Sipper. That song, it's so funny because I like keep on hearing that song or like it just like comes off up in my like song shuffle. But then I keep on forgetting the name and I'm like, oh, I want to play it on my show. But then I can't remember the name. So it's one of those. But I finally find found it and you finally get to hear it, which is so exciting. But um, yeah, we've been talking about pain we've been talking about how do you measure pain we've been talking about self-love versus self-respect um I think this is really interesting I guess like you know on a personal level right like I I really am so sick of like self-love like I think self-love fails like I think that you can love yourself and you can you can try to like perform life as much as you can and like fake it to you may fake it until you make it but then ultimately like I just don't I just don't think that that's actually real because when you go to bed at night you you might still feel lonely like you're still gonna fixate on the things that are like insufficient and so then it's kind of about you know like respecting your baseline and being like okay like this is the state that I am in and like that is okay in this state that I'm in what are the things that I can be grateful for and like I've said this time and time again, but I do think that gratitude is the only way through. And like, unfortunately, points of comparison are really helpful. It's kind of like, okay, like I need to like quiet my brain and shut up about how lonely I am because things could be a lot worse. And it's true. Like that's definitely a really important um, framework to have when it comes to that. But I will say that like, just because we're not, like, just because I'm not living in war, right? Like, that doesn't mean that my feelings are invalid. So it's, like, a really interesting kind of, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, it's, like, one of those things that it's, like, well, okay, like, I'm I'm having feelings right now. Like, I don't want to invalidate them. But also, like, I can have some perspective about this. So it's really a balancing act, right? And, like, I don't know. Like, I, I guess, like, like, in a way like this is like something that I like struggle with a lot and that I write about a lot It's like I've like felt like really profusely unhappy and like really sad but I feel guilty about feeling sad because I'm like oh like I'm a privileged person so like shut up shut up shut up but you know suppressing those emotions isn't a healthy thing because if I'm suppressing all of my feelings then I can't actually show up and be like a good engaged citizen and like actually care for other people if I'm an emotional wreck myself like it's like you know how can I like really like intellectually engage with what's happening in Ukraine and like whatever donate to what I feel like is like a good thing to donate to and like read up on the situation and educate myself about it if I literally like cannot find the mental space to do that because I'm just so upset and I'm suppressing my feelings right so like that's also really important like that's why self-care is community care which is what I want to say um but I do I do also you know want to um just like celebrate what this winter quarter has been um so it's been a great yeah it's been a great past couple weeks for crushing um definitely check out those guest episodes. You guys um, also please check out the attachment style and erotic blueprint quizzes, which are up on my Instagram on the story highlight at crushing dot radio. And um, you can find the link to the Spotify archive of each episode in my Instagram bio. If you're curious, please, please listen. I really would appreciate it. And, just in terms of the future, in terms of the spring, um, I'm going to take a couple weeks off, do my final exams, go on vacay with my bestie, which should be really amazing and super relaxing and just, like, much needed after this pretty tumultuous um, end of the quarter um, with my whole, like, IUD crisis, hinge crisis situation. Um... But what I'm going to be doing in the spring is actually coming up with a crushing sub stack. So there's going to be a blog style related post um, of like a personal essay coming out in coming out each week with the episode. And like sometimes it'll align with the episode's content pretty perfectly. And sometimes it'll just be like a quirky little personal essay that I've worked on because I've been doing a lot of writing this past winter. And so I want to get that out there. And I'm really excited to launch the spot the sub stack because it kind of like functions like a podcast episode. Um, so we'll have new content each week, which I think is definitely a good fun little way to do it. Um, and I also just think like looking ahead in terms of self self goals, self goals, I I like really just want to spend more time with friends and like go on friend dates because I realized that like I've been using like, I don't know, dating apps and like even going out kind of like as a response to feeling lonely. But it's like, okay, can I actually in turn, you know, put effort into relationships that are actually giving back to me and like doing me justice? And so. I really want to like schedule more friend time, like go surfing with my friends more, but also um, like play more music with my friends because that's something that I really enjoy doing that I have been doing these past couple of weeks, but I guess like wasn't really doing earlier on in the quarter um, and I missed a lot. And so that's something that's been so fun for me. And I yeah, it's kind of crazy to think, too, that like I'm almost graduating and yeah, it's just, it's just wild, but we're here, we're living. Um, it's also like one of those weird times in the quarter where it's like, fuck, like I have so much work to do and it's going to suck while I'm in the middle of it. But then I know that when I'm done, I'm going to be done and it's going to be okay. So yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of ties back into that whole pain scale thing of like, okay, like this pain isn't that bad because I know that it has an ending as opposed to pain, which is like, feels infinite and so gosh now that I think about it I don't know where loneliness fits into that like that's got a very on a day-to-day basis right but hey like when friends make you laugh like they make you feel less lonely it's like we love our friends we love our friends um okay let's yeah let's just wrap it up um I got one more song for you all today this one is like Oh, I love this song. I love The Cure. And this is a Cure song. I'm not going to tell you which one yet. But I, like... So, for the longest time, I, like, wanted to get, like, a Cure lyric tattooed on my body. And then I was like, okay, that's so cringy. Like, I literally cannot have that. Like, that is just too... It's too cliche to, like, actually do. But I love The Cure. And I also realized that, like... So, EHM Radio is, like, this radio station out in Montauk. And, like, slash on the East End in general. Um which I like grew up listening to. And I have like really fond memories associated with this radio station. And I realized that my music taste was pretty much like inherently developed by what they play. And I finally like put a, a name to it because of Spotify because I'm an idiot. But I also like I always like described it as like oh, you know, like 70s 80s rock, but it's like actually that's not what it is. It's new wave. Like that's that's what it is. It's kind of like the punk scene um coming out coming out at the back end of the 70s and so that's like my quintessential music taste and I feel like I finally can label it which is really exciting to me like I'm like shit like I know what to say now and people ask me what kind of music I like and then I kind of like I guess like all the indie stuff I like is really inspired by that at its crux like it's inspired by The Cure and it's inspired by Patti Smith and the Ramones um And, like, all that shit, which I completely adore. Oh, and the pretenders and, like, the bangles. Like, I love all that stuff so much. It's so good. Um, But here we go. This is In Between Days by The Cure. I'm not going to play Just Like Heaven because I don't want to be too cliche. Uh, But here we go. In between days by the cure this has been an episode you all it's been good um remember self-respect not self-love um I I'm really excited about what's in store this spring check out those attachment style and erotic blueprint quizzes up on the Instagram Also, please, please, please check out those guest episodes that I did. I'm really, really excited about them. They're super interesting. Um, Guests are lovely. And looking ahead, we're going to have a sub stack in the spring. It's going to be completely delightful. I'm like very, very excited about what's to come with this radio show. Um, Thanks so much. This is DJ Dish Bitch signing off. Uh, Happy spring, you guys.